0: If you dare.
1: This is long shots. VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin.
2: Hello and welcome to VEASAN's long shots. It is Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, Wes Reynolds. We're going to come to you each and every week, breaking down outrights, head-to-head matchups, placement markets, and any other fun bets we find in the vast rest of country betting markets that you guys get to bet in out there. And Kelly will start things off here by saying, Hey, look, it's uh we're the new voices here on this podcast and looking forward to a really good golf betting season. I don't know
3: if we can replicate the results we've had for the last two years, but I sure as hell hope we can. I'm just going to hope I don't have as many second place finishes as I did last Mm -hmm. year. That was nearly impossible to repeat. So I'm excited to get this going and get this new season going. And Wes Reynolds, thank you for having us on long shots.
1: Thank you for being here, guys. I already got one of my second places this year, Marikawa to kick it off. Me too. uh, (laughs) Yeah. So uh, look at, you know, with the runners up and obviously we'll be talking more as we go on in the weeks on long shots here in terms of, not only outright, but potential top 10s, top 20s. And that's the way that you can still make some money since we don't have each way betting here in the United States uh, to be able to do that, that if you don't hit your outright, at least you're making some kind of money.
2: Absolutely. And guys, this will be a little bit shorter episode than we will typically give you on a weekly basis. We are a little bit of a wonky deal here with this thing starting on Wednesday. They're trying to avoid the NFL conference championship games. I think it's a right decision, but for us a little bit uh, less time for us to handicap this, this tournament along with all of the other sports that we're doing over at VEASAN. So bear with us. We will certainly be with you in a much more detailed capacity as we move forward here on long shot. So guys, let's kick things off. It is the farmer's insurance open over at Tory Pines. It's going to be a two course rotation North course, south course on Wednesday and Thursday. Then Friday and Saturday, they play exclusively on the south course. South course, the only one with shot link, 156 golfers, top 65 and ties. we got a lot of the big names, but no Rory, no Scheffler, no Cantlay in this one. Wes, uh, you do a great breakdown of the courses over at vison.com So if everybody wants the real nitty gritty, they can head over there. But just give us a quick look at the North course and the South course. We know if you're going to do the damage in this tournament, you're going to need to do it on the North course.
1: Yeah, you're right, man. Two different courses here. The North course only going to be played either on Wednesday or Thursday. And basically it's one of the easier courses on tour based on how it played last year. I think it was seventh easiest average of about 1.85 under par per round. It is about 500 yards less seventy two fifty eight, I believe from the tips. So, uh, Tom Weiskopf designed this course, uh, You know, same ryegrass overseed in the fairways, only uh, only the greens are going to be different. You're going to get, you know, a little bit more of like your bent greens over here where it's more pure poa on uh, the uh, on the south course. So north course greens are a little bit slower, about 10.5 on the stamp, a little bit larger, uh, 6,000 square feet. As you mentioned, with the south course being played in three of the four rounds little bit less than 7,800 yards. This is the longest course on the PGA Tour, and it may play even a little bit longer this week simply because – you know, you it's in January, so, you, you know, it's a lot different than playing in the summer here. So, it's colder, so it's a little bit tougher, possibility of some more wind. And also the fact that this got a bit, little less than five inches of rain here for the first three months of January. So, you're going to get three and a half inch rough is, is what it's listed at. But this is going to be thicker and wetter, so, you know, you're going to need to get it out there, especially on the south course off the tee.
2: On that north course, if you're not in the mid-60s, you're probably not going to be in this tournament. This is typically where people have scored. Ten of those holes have a scoring average under par. Two of the par fives have a birdie or better rate of about 60%, if that tells you anything. And as Wes mentioned, just a super, super long, tough course there on the South end 2021 U S open. If you remember uh, John Rahm coming back and stealing that tournament and seven of those par fours over 450 yards, three of them over uh, the par threes are over 200 yards and then two of the par fives over 600 yards. So just over a third of the approach shots are all going to come from further than 200 yards. Kelly, people will learn as we are uh, doing further episodes here of long shots, all three of us, model results. All three of us put in statistics and categories and things like that and weight them differently that we feel is important. So while we all go about it kind of the same way, we're going to come out with different results every week because you might see an importance in something that I don't see. Wes might see an importance in something that you don't see. You might weight something more heavily than I do and all of that. So as we kind of look at this week, what were the stats that stood out to you and what were the things that you weighted heavily?
3: Yeah, well, you know, the other thing I find interesting is as we're doing this year after year is always going back and looking what you what you did the year before and kind of, I think it's always updating and tweaking your modeling. If there's anything you feel like you need to focus on more this year as opposed to a year before. And, you know, I think what your results did, how your results panned out also uh, play into that as well. But, uh, you know, as far as what I looked at this uh, for this uh, tournament, it was really, you know, look, off the tee is important, right? It really hasn't been... A ton so far this season. Where we're really looking at driving distance. We're looking at, uh, you know, a mixture of driving distance and accuracy. So you don't want to end up in the in the rough off the off the uh, tee here. Um, so I, driving distance gained, strokes gained off the tee. I plugged in pretty heavily this week. We're always going to look at stroke gained approach. Um, that that plugged in at about twenty seven percent in my models. I'm looking at it right now. For those proximity, as you guys mentioned, uh, 175 to 200 and the 200 plus proximity um, ranges is what I'm looking at this week. The par fours, 450 to 500 yards. Strokes gained around the green, I think is going to become important this week. And then the one I really went to on the putting side of things, I, you know, it's kind of going to go with no putt, you know, kind of, you know, no putt in general as far as the model goes. But three putt avoidance, I think, could be is going to be important this week. So that was one that I ended up plugging in. Um, And that's that's really all I looked at this week, guys, really heavily off the T stuff. Um, You know, and then approach is going to be important every week as every, you know, as listeners will come to come to hear from us very often that that statistic is in there in the modeling. But more focus off the T, I think, is important in this tournament. Yeah, Wes, I mean, uh, approach is
2: going to be in our model pretty much every single week. It's just going to be basically how much we weight it each and every week. Is it going to be one of the most important stats? Is it going to be kind of middle of the pack with something else? Or if I, I can't imagine a scenario where it would be very lowly rated, but you know, there might be that time every now and then throughout the course of the year, as you were putting together the stats that matter to you, what did you land on?
1: approach was certainly included mm-hmm. and it's pretty much going to be there every week as you said Matt but I did a little bit of a combination like Kelly did in terms of driving distance gained also a little bit of strokes gained off the tee the accuracy rate is pretty low here but usually you don't have to hit fairways necessarily to succeed here now it might be a little bit different this week with the wetter thick or rough mm-hmm. because of the rain that they've had the first three weeks so I felt you had to use a little bit of ott I went a little bit more proximity heavy in terms of the 200 plus yards if you look look at last year, All top 10 finishers in this event at the Farmer's Insurance Open gained in proximity of 200 or more. Justin Rose won in 2019. He was second best in the field for 200 or more. 2021, seven of the top nine, 200 or more. So I weighted that a little bit more heavily. In terms of green, I think you could go strokes gained around the green. I went a little bit more scrambling gained Mm -hmm. because I I think that ever since Reese Jones did the redesign of this course, which he did for the U.S. Open a couple years ago and made it longer, You've really had to scramble here. Uh, all The last three Farmers winners, all six are better in the field in their respective winning weeks. Uh, the scrambling percentage is actually almost 30% less than it is the tour average uh, when you look at just Tory Pines. So scrambling game, stroke gating, putting on POA, which is going to be three of the four rounds on the south course bogey avoidance I thought was important this week and then I went a little bit strokes gain par four 450 to 500 simply because six of the 10 par fours on that south course design measure 450 to 500 and then one that was kind of like really small that I used I just want to look at context strokes gain long and difficult courses which I think Torrey Pine South very much Mm -hmm. is at a little bit under 7800 yards
2: yeah, guys, if you're wondering about these stats that we continue to mention here on the pod, and listen, this is going to be a very big emphasis for us as we move forward throughout the course of the golf season. Look, there are a lot of these statistics that are available for free over on PGATour.com. Wes, I know you have pointed this out before. It's actually a fairly robust site that you're at least able to yeah. go in and 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 find a bunch of this material now. You're not going to be able to run... Uh, an aggregate model and different things like we're talking about. There are plenty of sites out there in which you can pay. If you decide that your golf betting gets to a level where you really want to take it to the next level, you can pay to get access to these algorithms out there that will help you put together models. I'm actually doing something different this year than I've done in years past. I'm running models on three different sites actually. So I'm trying to uh, run models on three different sites and then use the, the results of all three of those sites. And if, I feel like it's it's kind of pointing me towards a single guy with three different algorithms that are running. Then it's probably a good play for what I feel that it's it, it, that's important that week. And, and Wes, I landed on a lot of the same things that you did and Kelly, kind of you as well. I'm pretty heavy on approach this week. It was actually the top rated thing for me. Around the green was actually uh, next. I think that yeah. there are a lot of guys here around the green and scrambling, as Wes mentioned, is going to be kind of the difference on that South course. So I did that proximity two hundred plus. Proximity 175 to 200 driving distance, because listen, while driving distance has not proven to be that it's a must here, I think with the conditions and certainly as we know, it's always a bonus, right? And so I do have driving distance in there scoring on par fives because look, a lot of these par fours are just not birdie. They're just not going to be birdie holes at all, right? I mean, they're just going to be, you're scrambling for par, you move on and then you try to score on some of these par fives. So I did have that in there as well. Good drives, because as wes mentioned, you know, listen, this is, a, these are hard to hit fairways as it is. Right. So I'm not going to look for like fairways gained as much as I am just good drives where you're not really missing the fairway. It trickles off, it rolls off, but you're still able to get a clean shot second into the, uh, into the green there. Bogey avoidance for me. And then par four, uh, 450 to 500 was another that was pretty big for me. And in, in one of the other models that I run, I am able to use the weighted stuff. So I do have weighted like off the T weighted approach, uh, weighted around the greens and things like that. So, but it's basically all the same stats, just a little bit differently for the course in the field with all that. So Kelly, now that we've, now that we've spit this out and we'll, we'll talk yeah. our bets a little bit later, but uh, what, what did your model spit out from a top 10 perspective? It, let's just call it 36 and 24 or something like that, whatever it was.
3: Yeah, I would say you know it's a lot of the a lot of the same names we've been seeing uh, at the top. I guess if you know for people that have been out there betting golf, uh, you know the past couple months, like like yeah, I don't want to speak for you too, and I'm sure Wes has Matt. I don't know about you, might have been focused a little bit more on NFL, but um, you know been been attacking these tournaments and look, it's it's Zalatoris, it's Fino, it's Xander Shoffley, right? It's those three three names kind of constantly at the top um, in in all the models that I've I've run 24. 36 all three of those names in one order or the other or the three names at the top did find it interesting i did run into a last 12 12 round model and this is what there is one guy here that i want to talk about because i ended up making a small bet on him uh jason day uh finding form here recently and a guy who has played well at this track before uh, we look here. You know, last year he finished T three. There's a cut there in t- uh, 2021, but then it's a T sixteen, a T five one in 2018. He's an interesting guy to, be, guy to be this week. I ended up playing a little small top twenty bet on him. I uh, I don't know what you got if you, if he came across in your models at all, Matt. I I can't remember betting I I don't know. I don't even know the last time I put a Jason Day bet in. I don't know if I did once last season, so I'm I'm going in. I'm going in lightly. I'm dipping my toe in the water. But Jason Day was the top twenty for me this week. For for I, I ran I I did kind of what Wes did as well. So I
2: ran a regular I ran a regular version of the model, and then also ran a version of the model on long courses and then also difficult scoring condition courses. A lot of the names that you just mentioned, Kelly. If I do like fifty and thirty six, I want to kind of long term success on long and difficult courses to yeah. see how these guys are playing. It's Zala Torres, It's Justin Thomas. It's Finau. It is Rom. It's, you know, all those guys pop up. I think one of the, uh, if you go a little bit shorter, like the 36, it's, it, you know, Xander. It's those type names. Um, a couple of names, though, I will say that did pop up multiple times. And again, we'll, we'll get to our bets here in, in just a little bit. But uh, Keegan Bradley, a guy that you and I have met a ton, you know, uh, did continue to pop up in multiple versions of things. And I do think... Uh, it's fairly interesting from from that aspect. Whenever we start to look at just the the odds that are attached to his name as well, and then uh, one of the other names is Kurt Kitayama, which I thought was pretty interesting that he continued to pop up in multiple versions of of the model for the things that I found uh, attractive this week. Wes, whenever we look at names that were that were popping up in pretty much any version that you that you put out there, what was uh, what was popping up and what was surprising to you?
1: Same names, at least Mm -hmm. at the top, that you can figure Xander Shoffley, Tony Finau, Wills Alatoris, John Rahm, those guys. But a couple that really surprised me with how many categories, at least Mm -hmm. for me, that if they weren't right at the top, they might have been like six to 10 or 10, to 15, you know, because I usually go top 15 in the category, sometimes top 20. Wyndham Clark actually popped up Mm -hmm. a lot for me. Uh, Driving distance gained, I believe, was third, Uh, 12 for strokes gained off the tee and then you kind of commingle that with even some of the the stats around the green. I think he was like 14th right. scrambling game. This is the last 24 rounds, by the way, and was fourth in strokes gain putting on Poa Anwa. So uh, you know, all over the place. Bogey avoidance was seven. So Wyndham Clark. Now, now certain guys were just certain limited category guys. Like Maverick McNeely popped more on mm-hmm. the short game stats, right. you know, the, the putting, the scrambling the par four, 450 to 500. And then you had, you know, your bombers that are usually at the top for like the driving distance, uh, the Trey Mullinaxes and the Taylor Pendriffs, Dean Burmester, Matty Schmid. Those guys more like off the tee, not necessarily around the green.
2: Coming up, we're going to run through our bets that are in our accounts this week and maybe even a couple that we are maybe eyeing between now and when this thing actually tees off.
0: Here are three reasons. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties and they all come in two strengths. Find Zen at a store near you.
2: Warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to long shots. Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, Kelly Bidlin guys. This is what everyone is tuning in for. They want to know what picks we have in our accounts So let's, Let's kick things off here with just the outrights, Kelly. I mean, listen, we know and we will harp on this time and time and time again. You keep your bankroll healthy with these other bets that we're going to talk about a little bit later. When we talk about the head-to-heads, when we talk about the placement market, stuff like that, that's how you keep a constant bankroll but we know what's sexy and what's sexy is hitting these outrights. And so let's all, uh, let's run down your outright card.
3: Yeah, it's going to be real quick. Cause it's not very sexy for me. I've got <laughs> one pre-tournament outright guys, Woo! one pre-tournament outright. That's it. And I think, I think it starts with, I think it starts with a topic. I think we do need to discuss this week, the John Rom factor and yeah. what it's doing to these odds. I mean, this guy has won four of the last six times he's played at this point. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I think look. I, I mean, I'm not betting John Rom at plus 450 is what we're looking at DraftKings right now. I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to assume you guys aren't as well. I'm, I think I'm going to go out on the limb here and assume you're not. But I, the I kind of as I was sorting through the other names of guys that I was looking to possibly want outrights on. I, frankly, I just thought the, the odds were too short for what they really should be without dominant, He's been playing this week. Guys like Fina, like, like Zalatour, like Homa. Homa, I know, opened up in some shops at 28.30-ish to one Um, and got bet down kind of immediately. I missed out on that. Otherwise, that's probably what I would have bet. Um, So Cam Davis, 50 to one is my only outright bet this week. Do, do we have some others in some other markets? We'll get to that. Uh, but for outrights, that's how I'm starting the tournament. As we go in tournament, probably add some more then. I think the other thing that uh you know we need to talk about a little bit is weather on weather on Thursday, right? Looks like it's gonna be windy on Thursday and how that might affect things. I don't know if that if that factored into you guys of, of what players you looked at on certain courses. We know that north course gonna play a little easier. I've heard a couple people talk about trying to target guys who are playing that north course on their second day. Uh, just because it, at least it should be a little bit easier if you have to navigate 25 plus mile an hour winds uh, could be a little nuts out there. But only one outright for me this week, Matt, Cam Davis, who I just can't quit right now. <laughs> Wes,
2: <laughs> Wes, as we look at your uh, as we look at your outright card here, I'll I'll admit, Kelly, to answer your question, I so. I think that was a leak in my game last year. And so the leak in my game was taking the weather too much into account. Like Mm -hmm. I was overanalyzing and I was over and I was, I was skipping out on guys that I wanted to bet because of weather and because of things like that. And so I'm making a conscious decision here at the beginning of the season anyway, to not look at that as much, because I feel like that was a pretty big leak in my betting last year where I'm like, Oh, this start time and this day, and I can't bet him because of this and whatever. And I'm trying to piece this all out. And like, frankly, man, weather's weather. It's going to come. It's going to go. It's going to blow. Sometimes it's not going to blow. Sometimes this isn't like a coastal course anyway. It's like, you know, so it's just, it's one of those things where I don't, I I try not to Wes. I don't know if you did or not, but, uh, that's just kind of how I am.
1: And I'm glad you guys pointed that out actually, because even though this is considered a coastal course, there's not a lot of water on either of these two courses, especially on that North course, which is really on the inland. But, uh, With weather, I was kind of looking at that, Kelly, too, and there used to be a draw bias here, and it used to be you started on the difficult course, the south course, on Thursday, and then you gained on Friday at the north course. Uh, This was like, I think, 2011 to 2018, and then that got switched when Justin Rose shot nine under on the north course on Thursday when he won in 2019 and ran away with it. Leishman began on the north course in 2020. Reed also did the same in 2021, so the draw bias may be eliminated at this point.
2: Uh, Wes, if we look at your outrights, what are you sitting on? Yeah, uh, a little
1: bit chalky at the top, mm-hmm. a little bit more chalky than I usually play it. Not quite John Rom chalk, but I did just because he popped in so many stats and I hate to do this because it's, you know, you're kind of setting yourself up for disappointment. If you bet this guy over the years and it's the hometown guy, Andrew Schaffle at 12 to one, very mixed record when it comes to uh finishing here. Although, He was second and seventh, I believe, in 2021 at the U.S. Open, but he's missed a couple cuts here, but I think he might have some momentum. He shot 63 on Sunday at the Amex, a 62 to finish T3. And and I think that alleviates concerns. I think people were worried about his back because he Mm -hmm. did withdraw from the century at Kapalua in the opener. But he's really good on like classical course designs like Torrey Pines. And he knows these tricky Poa greens better than anyone being a Southern California guy. So Xander Schauffele at 12, Uh, Tony Finau at 14, last nine starts, three victories, three top tens. He's only failed to reach the top 25 ones here at Torrey Pines, uh, top six on four occasions, second in 2021. Number one in strokes gained tee to green and strokes gained ball striking over the last 36 rounds, also gained with the putter in each of his last nine starts. And then Will Zalatorris, 18 to one, kind of maybe is a narrative play. Remember John Rahm shot 33 under at Kapalua and ended up losing by one to Cameron Smith. You know, Will Zalatoris should have won this event. Basically, couldn't make a putt on the back nine, and then he's against Luke List in the playoff, who can't make a putt ever. But what do you do when you can't make putts? You hit it to two feet on the playoff hole, and that's what Luke List did to kind of rip the heart out of Will Zalatoris backers. But I'm going to be back on him, eighteen to one with second here last year, seventh in 2021. Maverick McNeely 40 to one. I considered Taylor Montgomery. That might be the fear of missing outplay if I don't bet him because I said I was basically going to bet him every week this time of year on the West Coast swing. But I went with McNeely uh, two time runner up on the tour. Both seconds coming in the state of California. Three top tens already this season was seventh last time at the Sony best scrambler in the field in terms of my model and then one of the best poa putters on tour so mapping theway 40 to 1 uh one former champion here in 2019 and that's Justin Rose who I got at 66 to 1 big season for Justin Rose because he's getting he you know he's getting he's on the other side of 40 mm-hmm. now He's trying to make the Ryder Cup team, I think, one last time for Europe and maybe has the opportunity with so many of his compatriots and guys his same age now moving to live. So Justin Rose, there's a reason that he has not joined that that party, so to speak, is that he wants to get back in the top 50 and wants to qualify for all the majors and obviously qualify for the Ryder Cup team for potentially the last time. Uh Played pretty well at the American Express. He doesn't usually win those birdie fest type of events, but he was in the mix here last year. I think he will be again. Uh, uh, The two bombs I played, relatively speaking, uh, Wyndham Clark, I mentioned him earlier, 85 to 1. Never has really finished very well here. 32nd, I think, was his best finish. But right mixing of bombing off the tee and putting really well on Poa Greens. Third in this field for driving distance gain, fourth strokes gain, putting Poa, seventh bogey avoidance. So Wyndham Clark, 85 to one. And then Dean Burmester, 125 to one. Another bomber uh, who got his PGA Tour card full time last year in the Corn Ferry Tour finals. He's playing mostly stateside this year. He's a South African player. So most of his wins worldwide have come on the Sunshine Tour, although he has two DP World Tour wins to his credit. One of the bigger hitters in the game. It's a debutante here at Torrey Pines, so that's always something, you know, you kind of maybe are a little bit concerned out about. But at 125-1, he, uh, Matty Schmid was another bomber I considered at that price. But I think Dean Burmester at 125 has a good shot to hit the board.
2: You and I share a few different, um, few different outrights there. I think, uh, I am on Will Zalatoris as well. He is the shortest guy that I have. Listen, this is just, this would just be, this would be me being just stubborn and ignoring all of the stuff that I do. He is in the top five of every single version of every single model that I ran long-term, short-term, long courses, difficult courses, doesn't matter. Every single thing that I did, he's inside the top five. And so had to get a bet in on, on Will Zalatoris. Max Homa for me is my next one. Uh, Max Homa is a, uh, as, as anyone knows, if you're a golf better California kid who has three wins over in California, um, he is very familiar with all these courses and very familiar with how these courses play. And honestly, I think Max Homa is playing the very best golf of his career right now. Actually, in that model where I do, where I'm able to mix in the weighted stats and things like that, He's, he comes in second behind John Rom. I mean, like literally second in the model behind John Rom, uh, with all of that. And so, uh, Max Homa in the account, I, I alluded to this a little bit earlier, man, Keegan Bradley just popped over and over and over and over again. And at 60 to one 69 to one, I think 55 to one, you can find maybe right now or something like that. I still think is a little bit of value on him. I know the win equity isn't quite what you want it to be because he only plays three of the four rounds every tournament, but, (laughs) but like, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where the number has just crept so far, I think because that win equity and, and I just have to kind of agree with my numbers here where Keegan, a lot of long-term success that I'm looking at here on these long courses, these long, difficult courses, uh, uh, strokes gained around the greens inside the top 10 proximity, 200 plus is in the top 10. He scrambles in the top 20 bogey avoidance in the top 20, all these different things that, that kind of puts him up there behind really only uh Zala, and Xander in one of the versions of my model. So again, have to play him at that number uh, Hayden Buckley at 90 to one Hayden yeah. Buckley, I think can be still found out there in a, in a pretty good, listen, Hayden Buckley, leaves a lot that. Hayden Buckley leaves a lot to be desired in a lot of the cat in some of the categories that we are looking at here, but he really, really, really thrives in about half of the categories. I'm talking like top five numbers in yeah. like a lot of the categories that I'm looking at. And so if he can just run hot in some of the stuff that he doesn't do well, I'm okay at taking him at this number. I'm also in Dean Burmester. So uh, everything that Wes just said also applies to me. And then the one guy, and you want to talk about a bomb here, guys. But this guy was in the top 20 of every single one <laughs> and also inside the top 10 in a lot. Like, I'm sitting here, like, what does my model love about Joseph Bramlett so damn much? Oh, and, yeah. like, and I'm talking, this guy is showing up everywhere 13th in one. He's 15th in this one. He's eighth in this one over here. Like, He just loves Joseph Bramlett. And so this
1: week's Mark Hubbard uh, that we both used, I believe at the Amex
2: last week. It's just, I mean, listen at 300 to one, I I will agree with these numbers that keep popping up on my screen here. And I'm going to play him at the 300 to one. Those are our outright. So Kelly, let's get to, again, this is kind of the bread and butter of the show each week, guys. And I know it's, yes, we are going to, We will, we will definitely do our victory laps if we hit any outrights here on this show, but I cannot stress enough how important it is to play head to heads. If, if, you know, don't force them, but if you feel like there's an edge to play head to heads, to play these top 10, top 20, top 30, top 40 markets out there, that's how you keep your bankroll healthy. Because if you're trying to just only hit outrights, there's 150 golfers teeing it up every week and hitting the one guy that wins. Is pretty tough, and so if you not if you don't do these other markets that are available to you, you're just going to see your bankroll dwindle and dwindle and dwindle and dwindle. So there's the first of very of many, I imagine, yeah. uh, like of disclaimers here about all of that. But Kelly, let's get into. Where are you sitting? Any head-to-heads, any top markets, any things like that?
3: Yeah, and I, I mean you are right. We're gonna say it a lot and it can't be stated mm-hmm. enough. That's how you I think that's how you win long term. That's really how I turned my golf betting around, you know, kind of three, four years ago is really focusing more on those mark on those kind of markets. Um and by the way, you know, Matt, you know, you don't have to keep rambling off Keegan Bradley stats to to get me to yeah. buy it, okay? You've convinced me. I'm sure I'll fire uh, after this podcast is done recording, okay? I love me some Keegan. I, you know that. I know. I know. Um, a lot of the, the, yeah, top, I did some top 20s, some top 20, uh top 10 top, top 20s and some tournament matchups didn't actually just expected to play more matchups than I was able to find really numbers that I liked, which is always the problem with tournament matchups. So only one for now, Max Homa over Wes's uh, Taylor Montgomery. I did play. Uh, I love Homa. I'm waiting for this Montgomery run to, uh, to come to an end at some point. Me that might bite me in the uh, bite me in the ass this week, but we'll see uh, how this goes. Top 10. I went top 10 Finao and Zalator. So I know you guys are both Mm -hmm. on them outrights. I I just decided to go top 10 with those yep. guys might hop in in tournament. Top 20 did his Alatoris top 20 uh at a pretty good number I found there. Uh Max Homa top 20 and then Jason Day that top 20 I mentioned earlier. Then that one one matchup Homa over Montgomery and then a little first round leader fun. Brendan Steele 55 to 1 on the North course. If you are betting first round leader this week, make mm-hmm. sure you pay attention to which course it is separated into because most books are posting them that way. So Brendan Steele, he was a guy that popped in my bottles a couple of times. I'm like, all right, I'll take a flyer on a first-round leader. The guy crumbles always, but.
2: Yes. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm smiling here because I'll just go ahead and give mine. I only have two placement market bets this week, guys, and no head-to-heads. I don't think the head-to-head market was very strong this week. Yeah. I, thought that I thought it was pretty weak. Um, they matched up basically identical golfers and put basically identical prices on them. I didn't see much of an edge at all. I think maybe the only thing I might get in on some of these head to heads would be, and no, I'm not going to make a living taking on John Rom, but some of these numbers have drifted to a point <laughs> yeah. where, like, you're getting two to one on, like, a top five golfer in the world against like Morikawa yeah. So yeah. is $2. So
1: Justin Thomas.
2: Yeah. It's like you're, you're, I, and, and again, John Rahm might go out there and win this damn tournament. Like he's won every, whatever, but like you've gotten to a point now where if it's head to head and it's two top right. go- 10 golfers in the world, and you're going to give me two to one, it's, I just have to play numbers at some point. But uh, the reason I was smiling, Kelly, I have, but two top 10 bets. One of them is old Brendan Steele, uh, plus five fifty. <laughs> I just listen, check so many of the boxes yeah. this week. I can't play an outright on him because, as you mentioned, he just can't. He can't ever close. But I'll take a flyer on a top ten at over five to one on him, and then Jonathan Vegas uh, at over five to one as well as a top ten. Another guy, just a bomber. That, you know, checks a lot of the boxes again, not a, doesn't close a lot. Like you'll always see this guy kind of lurking, right? Like he's always lurking, doesn't really ever close, but I'll take a top 10 on Jonathan Vegas. And that's really all I have in these markets this week. Again, I didn't think it was a super strong market from a, from a head to head perspective and, and from some of these other ones, Wes, where do you sit on uh placement and head to heads?
1: Yeah, I went with three matchups this week. I think I'm four and two on the season, going two and one both weeks. Uh, I'm with Kelly on one of those uh, Max Homa over Taylor Montgomery. Taylor Montgomery, by the way, is getting faded in the matchup market. So you don't want to maybe look into too much of that if you're betting outrights. But typically when I see a guy get faded in the matchup yeah. markets, I end up not using them all that often in the outrights, even though I will be betting Taylor Montgomery pretty regularly over the next two months and had him last week where he finished fifth at the Amex. Uh, Dean Burmester minus minus one fifteen against Emiliano Grillo. That was mm-hmm. just because I think Burmester, I agree with you, Matt. I think that his length is going to be absolutely massive here and maybe kind of have a sneaky good contender that maybe the average golf fan hadn't heard of. And then Sahif Tagala minus $1.30 over Kurt Kitayama. It's not that I love Sahif this week, even Mm -hmm. though he's a California guy and certainly has some good courses coming up, especially in Phoenix, where he probably should have won last year. Uh, It was really mainly a go against of Kitayama who did pop on some of my model Mm -hmm. stuff. But when I look at his putting, yeah. He's been kind of a horror show on Poa greens, if you really look mm-hmm. at it. I think, I think only Benny on uh, ranked worst in the field than Kurt Kitayama. Best Poa putter, by the way, is one Taylor Montgomery. But Max Homa, of course, is right there. Mm-hmm. A lot of these California guys, you know, the Homas and the McNeelys, you're going to see them on a lot of these putting and scrambling statistics. So those are my uh, head to heads in terms of how I am treating like top ten and top twenty markets. One thing I mentioned earlier in the podcast was about not having each way betting here in the States. Yep. So really the only way you can do it is if you bet half of whatever your unit size is mm-hmm. on on the outright and then half either on a top five or if you want to go a little bit more conservative, top 10 or top 20. That's the only way to do it. Like whenever you see a lot of these pieces that get put out in the golf space, you know, it's like okay, so-and-so 55 to one, one quarter, that means, you know, the payout and how many places, you know, some places it's five places, sometimes it's eight, sometimes for majors, they'll do like 10, but that's the way I play it. So a lot of my outrights, you'll see, Probably some top ten, top twenty. Yep. It's gonna say,
2: and Kelly, I think you and I can kind of say the same, right? I mean, like I, I don't want to, I don't want to just list the same guys over and over again. So I'm glad you did that, Wes. So as a disclaimer, and basically we can, we'll say this week at week after week, I will have some sort of placement bet on every guy that I have an outright on because of what Wes mentioned. Like we don't get outright bet, we don't get each way betting here. So I don't want to be left at the altar when my guy, you know, eventually does finish second or third or something. So yes, I will have. I will have probably a top five on the shorter ish guys. And then I'll probably have a top 10 on some of the longer ish guys um, that I have in my outright pool. And Kelly, I know you, I know you do that a lot as well, just to kind of like cover yourself.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's yeah. anybody you're focused on in the outright market. You need Mm to splash a little bit on there, I think.
2: Guys, each and every week, we're going to come to you and try to make you some some winning bets here in golf. But again, one of the things we cannot emphasize enough is just bankroll management when it comes to golf. It is very easy to get carried away. I mean, you can start, if you start firing 15, 20 outrights at every single tournament, you are going to look up in, in a couple of months and your bankroll is going to be gone. And it's very easy to get caught up doing that. So we will preach, you know, hey, listen, this is what we're doing. This is why we're, then this is why we're doing it. Um, we've had some pretty good success here over the last few years, betting golf, and hopefully we can put some of that success in your bank accounts as well. In your, uh, in your accounts at the various sports books out there, um, for Wes Reynolds for Kelly Bidlin, I am Matt Brown. Good luck on all your bets here at the farmer's.